0: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, joined by the great Aaron Torres, the man who, when we get to Tucson, we assure you will get have to buy no drinks here. He and his lovely wife because of the backing the A, backing Aaron Torres. Hello, Aaron Torres. How you doing, my guy? Yeah,
1: we, um, you and I were texting yesterday. Is backing the a ron officially a thing yet, or are we going to make it a thing? Is that the plan?
0: We are 1,000% going to make it a thing right there, and like I said, we will have uh, welcoming home banners, everything for when you make your visit to Tucson.
1: Love it. Dude, I'm right. excited. Yeah, no, I uh, I got to get back out to Tucson. It was funny. Uh, I w- I did go for a game a few years ago. And I think I've told the story, but we did have, we did stay at that very nice uh, resort on the outside of town, but I did go to a game Um, and my my wife and I were out to dinner the other night and she's like, do you remember that, that meal that we ate every single meal at the hotel? And I couldn't remember. And then I remembered. So fond memories of Tucson, great food, great people. I saw a great game uh, and I can't wait to get back out and do it again soon.
0: All right, well, let's talk about, uh, we're going to talk some Arizona football, some Pac-12, and some Arizona basketball, as always. But Aaron, you hit the ball out of the park yesterday, as usual, when you texted me and you said, is this like the most Pac-12 thing ever in your last year that you're going to have the best uh, season this football conference has ever had? It's really remarkable.
1: It's remarkable. It's sad. It's sad. I mean, listen, you know, I mean, I know it's not sad for you. You were you 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 backed the Big Twelve more than you backed the A. I think. I think you know. Oh, be careful uh, there, my friend. I think you're on the Brett Yormark Christmas card list over there. But no, I I mean, listen. I get where an Arizona fan. I listen. I you know, I live in LA, and this was the refrain from USC and UCLA fans a year ago uh, when the Big Big Ten move was announced, and we assumed they were the only ones leaving. Is uh, it's been disjointed. It's been disorganized. It's been poorly run. But the sad thing is the quality of play on the football field, at least, I don't think it's going to translate to basketball, unfortunately, but the quality of play on the football field is through the roof. And and somebody asked me today why that is. And I just think, you know, it's a lot of schools finally being committed the right guys at the right times. I would include Jed fish in that mix. Um, but you know, obviously Deion Sanders speaks for himself, Kalen DeBoer, um, you know, whoever you go on and on down the list and and just a commitment to football from a place like USC, UCLA, where I think that in, in the past they thought they could get by on name only. So uh, it's been fun to watch, especially for somebody who lives in this time zone that gets mocked mercilessly by my friends all over the country. It's been fun, um, but it's a little sad, too. I, I think it's a little sad.
0: You, here's the key to me: is it all comes down to a lot of times. I think the coach. When you look in the Pac-12, when it comes to football, there is not one program where you say that's clearly a guy that they can't win with. There in mm, basketball, yeah. which we'll get to, there's a few Jared Hasses in the conference. What? <laughs> When it comes to football, though, across the board, these are all good football coaches right here, or at least ones that, I mean, even your Kenny Dillingham's, somebody that you have a lot of optimism about going forward right there. So I think that's a big part of it because we've watched Pac-12 football in the past where you had a Kevin Sumlin or you had a Herm Edwards. I mean, we can just stick in the Southwest where you had a Carl Durrell where you're like, this thing isn't going anywhere. That to me is the real difference right there in the conference.
1: Real quick, how do you think Carl Durrell feels watching this whole, situation i mean they're literally and i get they have one of the greatest football players of all time as their head coach but they're literally the like they are their own news cycle they're the big i think they're the biggest story in sports right now first take was there this week college game day was there so it's not even just a college football thing when first take shows up when michael irvin's on the sidelines when
0: whatever yeah what do you think carl durell's doing right now how do you think he's handling all this He's realizing that he's not Deion Sanders. That's what I think he is. And and I got to give Deion a lot of credit here. I thought there I, I love the hire because I'm always of the opinion that, you know, if you're a school like Colorado, if you're a school like California in basketball, you have nothing to lose there. What you're going to stink if it doesn't work out. Well, that, you've been doing that for the last two decades. What Dion has been able to do when you watch Dion on the sideline he doesn't come off as overbearing now, granted. I mean, he's got his antics and whatnot, but he feels like he's always in control of the situation oh, yeah. right there. And that to me is something that I don't think a lot of people maybe properly gave him the credit for, but you watch Dion right there. Dion gets it in the grand scheme of things. Dion clearly gets it.
1: No doubt. And you know, I mean, I had watched all of this stuff. I'm just a, a sports junkie sports nerd. So I had watched all the documentaries. So I thought, um, I thought he was probably a better football coach than he was given credit for. I think it was 22 and three in his last two years at Jackson State, and he had the blueprint there. But I did think, you know, listen, I thought it'd be a little bit more of a process. Um, and I thought, you know, Jackson State, he can recruit a caliber player that maybe most of his competition can't. Right. Um, it turns out, you know, there, there are certainly guys on his roster that, any, that would play anywhere in the country, but Shador Sanders is better than we thought. Um, and I think, you know, really, I'm not a, a scheme expert by any stretch, but I think they play to their strengths, get the ball out of his hands quick. They know the limitations right. of the offensive lines. So uh, it's been the story of college football for the last two weeks. But what I said on my show today, uh,
0: Mike, was that like, you know, where can they find Aaron Torres, by the way? I was remiss in the opening right there. I do apologize. Where can they find the great Aaron Torres?
1: Yeah, Aaron Torres uh, podcast is, you know, this time of year, it's a lot of college football, much like uh, this show. And then we'll, we'll do some basketball. By the way, we are selling a little Arizona merch at the Aaron Torres media store. So Aaron Torres online.com slash merchandise, little right. Arizona football shirt. I meant to actually bring one and kind of hold it up, but I kind of forgot. Um <laughs> But anyway, so, uh, so yeah. So what I was saying was like, it's, and listen, I work for Fox Sports. I have no affiliation with the TV network, but it's one thing for the, for Fox Sports to be there in week one, to broadcast right. in week one. In week three, they're there, you know, they're there in college game days there because Colorado isn't just a good story. They're a good team as well. So, I think that's all part of it, and I think that's worth mentioning as well. If it was week one, it'd be one thing, but two very nice wins to open the season. By the way, two two wins over power five teams, which I think not enough people are giving credit for. Uh, you look at all kind of the national stats, like Shador Sanders is, I think, second in passing nationally. He's done it against two power five teams. So I'm rambling, but the point I'm trying to make is that it's been a really fun story, really cool story to follow, but they're backing it up on the field as well.
0: Speaking of backing it up, Uh, We've watched a lot of bad football here in the desert. Um, A lot of bad football over the years. And Jed Fish, I got to say, watching Arizona against Mississippi State – I came away thinking that Arizona State, or Arizona State, Arizona was as good as Mississippi State. You turn, you know, obviously you turn the ball over left and right. But this is the first time, Aaron, in a long time that I think that there feels like there's an upward trajectory at Arizona that you haven't had in the past. I mean, you look at it, you've got a T-Mac at wide receiver who is kind of the forgotten five-star wide receiver that, uh, you know, kind of reestablished himself. It's a loaded offense. The defense is better. This team doesn't stink. And that is a big step forward right there.
1: A thousand percent. You know, I, I was in studio getting ready for my show during that Mississippi state game. Is it in this studio? No, 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 no. I was in the, like a real studio Fox sports radio studios, no disrespect to my fake rental house background uh, that I have right here. I was in the Fox sports radio studios and I made them turn that game on uh, when we were getting ready to go on our show on, on air. So I, I, one, I, I think Mississippi State, th- this guy Arnett, I think it's career suicide to go away from the air raid, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, no, I was impressed by Arizona State. And I think the thing that stood out is like, you know, uh, you know, the depth. Ch- First of all, you know, the history way better than I do, the depth chart better than I do. And certainly Arizona has some holes that that need fixing going forward. But athlete for athlete. I didn't really see a ton of difference. Now, they were really fast and athletic up front. They gave Delora some problems. But, you know, Arizona had dudes making plays. Arizona towards the end was giving Delora time in the pocket. So I'm with you is, uh, you know, I know you want to come out of there with a victory, but you also just went into an SEC stadium in overtime, frankly, probably outplayed them and very easily could have won that game.
0: And again, when you're taking over for a guy like Kevin Sumlin, I mean, you talk about taking over for kind of the, the bottom of college football right there. What he's been able to do, what Jed Fish has been able to do in two or three years has been nothing short of astounding. And we had Elijah Rushing on yesterday, the number one rated defensive end in the country from Sal Point, Point. And this to me is just kind of the difference is that when Bijan Robinson was at Sal Point, Yes. He wasn't even looking at Arizona, even though Kevin someone's. I heard Arizona
1: him. wasn't even looking at him. I heard In Kevin someone made no effort to to even drive across town to see him. That was the whisper.
0: And someone's whole, ho- whole thing was, well, we can't get him. Jed Fish's thing is, you know what? Until you sign, we are going to try to get you. And that is just, when you're at a place like Arizona, and I think ASU too, you have to want to be there. And that is a big part of it. You can't view it as, I'm going to be here for you know a year and then bounce. That might be your ultimate goal. But you can't approach it like that. You've got to really work from the grassroots. And that's something, like I said, that Jed Fish has done, and i got to really tip my cap to him right there.
1: No, zero doubt. And, you know, it's it's funny to go back to the hiring uh, a few years ago. And I, like many people, didn't really see it, didn't really understand it. Um, But I I do think there is always something to two things. One, as you said, a guy that wants to be there, like like you said, this wasn't a bounce back guy. This wasn't a guy on his way up. Um, You know, this is a guy that genuinely wanted to be there. And then I think the other thing which really impressed me is obviously knowing that he had kind of bounced back from college and the pros back and forth is, I thought entering the portal NIL era, he has clearly had a very, uh, you know, detailed game plan in recruiting, which is, that's always the thing, right? I mean, go back to Deion Sanders. I mean, these guys that come from the pro background, especially at this moment in time in college sports, you always worry, are they going to get the portal? Are they going to get NIL? Um, Are they going to put in the work? Are they going to get on a million Zooms in January? Um, You know, like, So that's the only point I'm trying to make. And that's what's been impressive to me is Blue, uh, you know, wanted to be there and then clearly has had a game plan as to how he wants to build it out, not just local recruiting, but obviously the portal so much success with Cowing and with Delora and you go on and on down the list. You guys know the whole roster. You don't need me to tell you, but that's been the impressive part to me.
0: All right. Now let's look at the conference then a little bit. Which teams do you view as national title contenders right here in the conference? Do you look at it as it kind of that group of 3 right there where you've got USC, Oregon, Washington. Where does Aaron Torres look at right there?
1: Yeah, national title contenders a little, you know, it's a loaded conversation. You know, what I mean sure. like I mean I guess in theory USC could probably beat a Georgia and a Michigan back-to-back, a, a Georgia and a Florida State, whatever. Um, I don't think Washington is a national championship contender. Oregon, you know, I I still don't know how to feel about Oregon. Um, I like him. I still have that Bo Nix PTSD of I I feel like, you know, he's going to do something dumb, but he doesn't. I mean, he led him to victory on the road in Lubbock last week. So
0: go ahead. What are you going to say? Are we at the point where Bo Nix is good? I know that he's I mean, it it just feels weird to say, but Bo Nix is good, isn't it?
1: is good no he's good he's like a reliable trustworthy quarterback and even like early to mid last year um you really couldn't say that like there were still some auburn bo that came out here and there and for whatever reason whether the coaching was that bad at auburn whether it's that good at at, uh, oregon whether he has better teammates whatever it is you know so anyway to answer your question usc has been impressive now uh, let me say this mike you know this is a big take of mine um can we pump the brakes a little bit with like the USC defense is so improved? Like everyone's, oh, you know, I mean, they're playing real defenses here. It's like Stanford has like three players left from right. last year, and they can't replace anybody in the portal because it's Stanford. They their 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 depth is just abysmal. Correct. And Nevada was what weren't they a road? Weren't they a home underdog to an FCS team last year? Yes. These are the teams that were yes. last week. Excuse me. These are the teams that were are pumping up because USC was able to shut them down. Can, can we see them play somebody else? Hey, can we see them hold Oregon or even Arizona? Yeah, you right. hold the Arizona to three points and you win 41 to three. I'll call you a national championship contender. But I think it's a little early. Like I've heard a lot of that. This, Oh, well, you know, the USC defense really turning a corner. It's like, let's see him against somebody that has like a a, a quarterback that can complete a,
0: a pass more than six yards forward. you know? Cool. Well, like you said, people are making it out like they stomped out Washington or something. I mean, you know, when you play, when, if they play Washington, and they beat uh, play Oregon, and that defense uh, sticks up. We'll give yeah. them some credit right there, but that's still a ways off there, Aaron. I,
1: I will say too, you know, you ask about Pac-12 uh, PAC national championship playoff stuff. It's going to be so vintage Pac-12 that the league is so good <laughs> that everyone's going to beat each other. Like you right. look at like Texas. Like I think Texas is good. But I don't think they're that good. But they're going right. to be a double-digit favorite in every single game that they play, probably the rest of the year. Maybe Oklahoma is not double digits, but they'll be probably a five, six, seven-point favorite. I only bring it up because you look at USC having to go to Oregon, Washington and home. Uh, they they play Notre Dame, which obviously isn't a Pac-12 game. But right. you know, uh, Washington all of a sudden, you know, I don't know. You just go down the list. It's like. There's no way all of these teams are getting through this with zero or one losses. I just don't believe it. Um, so I just bring it up to say, I think the uh, the PAC 12 may have one of the, the four best teams by the end of the year, but I don't know if they're going to get in because in true PAC 12 fashion, they're going to be so good. They're going to beat each other up.
0: Well, and the thing is too, is they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. Like with the sec, you're always going to get two teams in or you're going to be able to get a team in with two losses where the PAC 12 isn't going to have that, even though you probably have what, three of the top 10, 11 teams in the country, something like that. But you don't have that Georgia credibility. You don't have that Alabama credibility. And I think that's, like you said, I think that's what's going to hold them back a little bit.
1: Well, USC's got to beat Notre Dame. You know, I I think most, you know, Washington cannot lose to Michigan, to coachless Michigan State this week. So those are the games you got to win. And so far the Pac-12 is largely done at Wazoo last week, uh, Oregon. And I know those aren't like needle moving wins, but those are, those are games in the past that the Pac-12 has found a way to lose. Like Oregon, I have seen lose that game a million times where they're like a six-point favorite, right. but it's weird and things go against them on the road. So positive that they are getting those wins, at least as of right
0: now. All right, interesting question here from T-Burns826 for Aaron. He says, Fish said the UW game is almost sold out. With no Texas or OU, do you see filling Arizona Stadium becoming more difficult with the move to the Big 12 because there are no football brands? It's an interesting question. What do you think, Aaron? Um, I mean, you know the fan base better than me,
1: but the thing—I'll say this: the thing that I have learned about realignment is that when teams leave, like new brands emerge. Like somebody's got to win the somebody's got to win the Big Twelve, right? And so, you know, I'm trying to think of an example. Like I'll give you a basketball example. Right? When did Villanova and Jay Wright ascend like a rocket ship? It was when the biggies broke off and went basketball only they weren't that Villanova. And so when Syracuse and UConn and Louisville and everybody left, there was this huge void that had to be filled and Villanova filled it. So, you know, if Kansas State is a top 10 team because somebody's got to win those games in the in the big 12, then it's going to be a big game. So, you know, better than me, like. I don't know what regular attendance is like, but but listen, if you're selling out for Washington, I mean, Washington's a top 10 team, but I don't see them as like some incredible rival of Arizona. It's just that they're a good team. Right.
0: Well, right. And you look at last year, TCU. I mean, people uh, people bring up that, you know, they got smashed by Georgia in the national title game. But I would also uh, mention that they also beat Michigan to get there. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, people people kind of Texas forget that one beat as well. Oklahoma.
1: They destroyed Oklahoma, as a
0: matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, I mean, so they beat some good teams. All right, we got a limited time with Aaron, so we got to get to some basketball here with the great Aaron Torres. Aaron, I am of the opinion that this is going to be Tommy Lloyd's best team. I don't believe that you might not have quite the top-end talent when you had a Benedict Matherin, but – I think when you're looking at one through seven, one through eight with the roster overhaul that you had, Kylan Boswell, Jaden Bradley, Caleb Love, obviously Pella Larson, Keyshawn Johnson, your guy, by the way, Keyshawn Johnson, Um, Umar Ballo, some incoming players. This is a much tougher team than last year's team. And I think it's going to be shown out there on the court. I really do.
1: Yeah. The only thing that concerns me a little bit is the shooting, but Mm -hmm. they're going to play so fast and they have the potential to be so much better defensively. And like, the thing that I've learned watching all levels of basketball, obviously, you know, you and I mostly watch college, but it's the same at the NBA is like, when you just have guys that can just get to the rim and get a basket and you don't have to draw anything up for them. That's such like, that's such an advantage. And Arizona has three of those guys, four of those guys. I mean, Keyshawn Johnson can't just get to the rim, but you put him one-on-one in kind of that mid post, like he's going to embarrass a lot of people in the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 basketball is not Pac-12 football, as we previously right. discussed. So like, you know, Caleb Love, Jaden Bradley, Kylin Boswell in any given moment can get to the rim, can get to the foul line, can get, you know, can create offense where it doesn't exist. And I just think having those guys are so, so, so valuable. So yeah, I'm really excited. And by the way, really quick, shout out to Tommy Lloyd for the out of conference schedule that, the, that they put together. Now, I know part of it is probably they know how bad the Pac-12 is going to be and they need to pick up quality right. wins somewhere. But, you know, the Michigan state game, I, I it's, you know, about an hour, an hour from where I live. I'm hoping to go. I don't know if I'll be able to go because of the holiday, but obviously at Duke, um, you know, you got Vegas, Alabama, you Alabama, got Florida, FAU Florida. Yes. So I mean, point being, you know, credit to him. Cause I mean, you know, listen, I think we all as fans just enjoy those games. And so I think it'll be a lot of fun to kind of follow this team. And like I said, I think that's the thing that stands out. The guys that can create for themselves, Arizona just
0: going to have a ton of them. And I just, I, I think it's going to play in very nicely for them. You mentioned uh, Keyshawn Johnson. I wanted to get back to him for a second because you've obviously watched him a lot. The thing that really stuck out to me hey, too Steve, about, I see yeah, he's coming in there. The, the, yeah, for sure. Oh, dude, it goes without saying at this point, the um the thing with Keshaw Johnson, though, especially watching him on their overseas trip, is that Arizona didn't have anybody like him last year as nope. far as just being that that physical specimen that could dunk in traffic that could run the court. I know that he averaged seven and five at San Diego State. He's going to not- get 10 plus just by running the court at Arizona this year.
1: Oh yeah, the stats at, at San Diego State mean nothing. I'll tell you a funny story, and it all played out publicly, so I don't feel bad talking about it. Um, so Lamont Butler, who obviously hit that shot to send them to the national championship game, um, one of the reporters kind of put out an article where they quoted his dad, and um, you know, his dad was talking about the offers that they had after the season to leave and da da da, and and give out money. You know, you know the NIL offers that were offered to them, and. Um, uh, you know, they, they politely declined. He's back at San Diego state. Why I bring it up is because it it came. What, what ended up happening was I shared the article and then an idiot college basketball writer said, well, it's clear the dad is just making up NIL numbers who would offer that to a guy that averaged like eight points per game last year. Right. And so first of all, the dad saw it. I know the dad, I've known the dad for years called the dad, a liar. He wasn't happy. The mom got involved. She wasn't happy. The reporter who reported it and quoted the dad wasn't happy. Um, I won't name the kid, but, I, I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of that guy. Anyway, I bring it up because stats at San Diego State don't matter because it's a a program where you go, knowing, go in knowing that you have to sacrifice minutes for the good of the team. And they're going to play 10, 11, 12 guys in some given years, especially last year because they had a lot of guys return with the extra COVID year. And so when you look at somebody like Keisha Johnson, Lamont Butler, whomever um, don't use their stats because they were only playing 27, 28 minutes a game where you'll probably play 34, 35 at Arizona. Um, You know, it was funny. And I, I think I've told this story, but, when Keyshaugh Johnson was being recruited, I saw some people in Kentucky who obviously was one of his finalists like, well, you know, he's comfortable coming off the bench. No, he's leaving San Diego State because he wants to play more. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. Fifth-year guy got his degree. Go ball out in the best position for you. That was all a long-winded way of me saying, don't look at the stats. That's not how San Diego State operates. They play 9, 10, 11 guys. It got them to a Final Four. It worked for them last year. but. Him only averaging eight points per game or nine points per game is not reflective of what he is capable of as a basketball player.
0: Yeah, it's not even close to that as well, because like I said, I mean, he – when you're playing games in the 40s, it's just different than when you're playing games in the 80s right there. So sure. that's going to be fun. We had Jack Murphy on a while back, uh, associate head coach. And he All said, the big heavy hitters, man. Still like to We go from Jack Murphy to Aaron Torres. That's what we do around Elijah here. Rushing, dude. Elijah Rushing, exactly. But he said um, that he believes that Keyshawn Johnson is a guy that has NBA potential. I agree. And- and he said, you look at teams like the Miami Heat, they are going to love somebody like him. He said he probably won't be a star, but he said, I could easily see him uh, picking out a niche for the next six, seven, eight years in the league.
1: Well, the thing about Keisha Johnson, and there's probably some of this with Caleb Love, is Keisha Johnson, if he was a 38% three-point shooter, not only would he be in the NBA right now, and he wouldn't right. even be in college I think he would have been in the NBA two years ago. Like I, I, I think he's like a two and done because the physical gifts are there. The limitation is shooting, you know, and, and he does everything else well. He defends, he rebounds, he's tough, he's all the stuff that you already mentioned. Just doesn't shoot the ball well enough for the NBA right now. Now I think with an expanded role, listen, this is my bold prediction on September fifteenth, twenty twenty three, the twenty twenty four NBA draft. I believe Keyshawn Johnson will be one of sixty players drafted that night. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I, I haven't seen any mock draft boards, but I bet in an expanded role, people will see how good he is. And people, somebody is going to give him an opportunity, as you just said. All right, Aaron, before, before we uh, that comment, by the way, 14 and seven sounds about right for Keyshawn Johnson with this team.
0: Totally agree with you. All right, Aaron, before we let you go now, we got to talk a little bit about Arizona, then Arizona hoops in the big 12, which is all kinds of fascinating for me because To me, it's the best basketball conference in the country and maybe the most with the most invigorated fan base. It's going to be a lot different than going to Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State. Every single game is going to be a road test. And quite frankly, I'm more than okay being 28 and nine or 27 and 10 in the Big 12 as opposed to 35 and four in the Pac 12 where you don't really play anybody. That's where I'm at, Aaron.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I, I, it is a bummer of realignment and I know that it worked out well for Arizona and I am excited to see Arizona at fog Allen Fieldhouse, vice versa, all those teams coming to Tucson, but the big 12, because of some of the football additions, they're going to have some real dead weight in basketball, including yeah. by the way, unfortunately that school right down the road from you guys, but yeah. you know,
0: central Florida, um, you know, we'll Seattle's see. If- going to have really struggle. ASU is going to struggle. Utah's going to struggle and Colorado is probably not going to be great.
1: Yes. And I think even like a Cincinnati, like I need to see it to believe it. Like they've been down for four, five, six years, whatever. Right. So, um, so no, so no, but but I am excited though. I am excited. And I, I saw, you know, I remember during the summer you did a poll of what's the best arena in the Big Twelve. I think maybe outside of Fog Allen Fieldhouse. I don't remember if you included it or not, but it made me realize how many good ones there are in that league. I mean, Texas Tech is unbelievable. Uh, right. BYU is, you know, what is it? 21, 22,000 people for big games. I mean, they can pack that place. I mean, that's the, you know, ask Tommy Lloyd about it. That's the only place that Gonzaga ever lost in the, right. in the WCC. So, um, Kansas state, the octagon of doom. I think we talked about that last time. Whenever there's a place called the octagon of doom, you know, that's a tough place to go get away too Iowa state. Mm-hmm. Hill and magic. Yeah. yeah you got to deal with magic and doom on one road trip. So that's what I'm saying is like, so, I, listen, from the Arizona basketball perspective, I am very, very, very excited because it will, you know, I I will miss the Pac-12, and I think most people will in some way, shape, or form, but stuff evolves, stuff changes, and like I said, there was just, so, there is so much dead weight in that basketball league, schools not living up to their expectations. Then you add, before this summer of realignment, USC and UCLA are leaving, I can understand why Arizona was not hesitant when the opportunity presented itself to leave.
0: All right, Aaron, before you sign off, let the people know where you can find or they can find you also. You got any of those cool Dan Patrick, Doug Gottlieb fill-in type things going on anytime soon? No, once football starts, they, they you know, listen, the
1: big boys, they, big boys can't be lounging on, a, can't be lounging in a cabin in Reno like Mike, Lee, Mike, Mike Luke does all summer long. So uh, the big boys are back, Dan Patrick's back, Gottlieb, all that. Um, I want to ask you, now that I'm thinking about it, we were just talking about the realignment. Do you think if Oregon and Washington had wanted to stay, that the league would have stayed together, or was Arizona out out? And if you can't share because of personal relationships or whatever, I'm I, I'm just curious because like it seemed like for a second it felt like it might come back. It might. I,
0: I believe that Arizona was always out. Um, That's I believe that. the fact that they applied for Big Twelve membership that Thursday night um, sure. basically made things easier for Washington and uh, Oregon to be able to bounce um obviously that friday morning uh but that I, I believe that that was always going to happen and a big reason why though too is that when you've got something arizona is different in that arizona is a national brand but it's it, it, it's different it's a national brand because of basketball and sure. what you have to have is you have to have that entity being exposed to the nation right there and it took a little bit of a hit obviously with the pack 12 but if you were going to be 100 on streaming um, yes. That was something that Bobby Robbins said multiple times was just not going to be good enough right there. Sure. And I think that's what it was. I think between Arizona and Colorado was kind of the same way where they said, we've got to see numbers. And with Arizona and Colorado, the Pac-12 wasn't able to fulfill what both those schools wanted. But, yeah, I believe that Arizona would have bounced either way.
1: But Michael Crow called it a revolutionary TV concept. So that so so. What does that mean? What does that mean, and all that?
0: Not only that, Aaron, he said that there's the ability with this streaming to be able to capture the moment and then play it back when you want.
1: Oh, cool. That sounds good. I bet like you I, Aaron, are
0: you aware of this? I'm,
1: I saw just in passing some of his comments. I know you probably spent like 20 minutes breaking them down,
0: but. Didn't he call it like a Star Trek-like experience or something like that? Yes, yes, exactly. And it was just clear that – and listen, I mean when you're a president, you got a billion different things going on. I sure. get it. But when you have no clue what actual streaming is, when you have no clue what an actual media package is, these aren't the people that you want running these uh, – making these decisions. And I know President Robbins gets beat up a lot because people say, oh, he's front, front and center at all the games. I'll tell you what, Aaron. I would much rather have a president that is front and center at all of these games who cares about sports than somebody who doesn't even understand what streaming is.
1: No, totally fair. Totally fair. And it, you know, like I said a minute ago, it's sad that it happened the way that it did, but it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for gross mismanagement for a decade plus now, maybe longer. Um, And it was, and the other thing too, like, we could say it's sad it wasn't going to be the same without USC and UCLA. Obviously, especially from a basketball perspective, but even from a non-basketball perspective it wasn't going to be. So, um, it's sad. RIP. Do you still have all the Oregon State fans tuning in or did they kind of
0: kind of We still We still have a couple of them. I got to say, man, I was wrong on these people, the Oregon State fans. Um, there's a lot more of them than I thought there were. Sure. I I didn't I thought they were like the SMU fan that was kind of out there in like theory but nobody really knows but Oregon State fans they're out there and I actually in actuality I definitely feel bad for them because it, it's a tough spot because you've got a pro football program now that's on the ascendancy no. and it, you don't have a home I no. mean that's where it's difficult for sure but all right Aaron get out of here I know you got a one o'clock phone call but again appreciate you my guy and you know have, make sure your phone's charged you'll be getting my texts. back 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 the AA round baby let's go it's a thing it's a thing my- my man, the great Aaron Torres from Fox Sports. Appreciate you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right, thanks again. All right. Now let's get to a few of uh let's get to a few of these reads right here. And then we're gonna digest everything that the great Aaron Torres said right there because there were some very good things to say. But first, DraftKings. Here's the deal: DraftKings, uh Draft Kings is back. Football is back. Get in on all the NFL week two action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHNX to sign up. New customers can bet $5 and take home $200 instantly in bets. That's how cool it is. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook app with code PHNX. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 next, 1 uh, or visit uh, www.s1800gambler.net in New York. Call 8778. Hope NY or text Hope NY four six seven nine three six nine in Connecticut. Help is available for your gambling problem. Again, 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please uh, play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas 21 plus varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resource sources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issue and eligibility and deposit restrictions do apply. All right, everybody, it's time to back the A right here. Arizona is up. Arizona is going to beat UTEP. I'm not breaking any news right there, but I would get on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and that is going to be my DraftKings pick of the week, by the way. I am back in the A. I am picking Arizona to cover that uh, 17. Now it's 18. T-Burns, a very smart person right there, hopping in there, doing that, doing uh, as is a Chef Duarte. Check it out right there, guys. But again, that is also my DK pick of the week. All right. I thought Aaron made some interesting points. Well, obviously, Aaron made some interesting points from a national perspective, too, about Arizona with Jed Fish. And that Aaron was doing his studio work. And, you know, when you're a big name like Aaron Torres, you are going to, uh, you know, you got to be aware of everything. And Aaron Torres said when he was on the set right there, hey, let's put on that Arizona game. Let's be honest here. Aaron backs the a we know that Aaron backs the a but there's probably never been a time in the uh, in the recent years when Aaron is in studio saying make sure you put there let's put that Arizona game on because Arizona went toe to toe with Mississippi State right there. That's how exciting it is and that's what I think is fun about this entire endeavor is that Arizona is in a uh, spot where you've got to watch them now because of Jed Fish. Now as far as Arizona goes. The big thing in this game is I just need – I need no turnovers. We know that Jaden DeLora, we know what he's capable of. He's capable of a lot of really, really good things. He can air the ball out down the field. He's got a pretty good feel for when to move around in the pocket. But he's got to eliminate some of those turnovers. That's what we need. – we need that to stop. And honestly, he should be able to because he's good enough. If I wasn't um, – you know, if he wasn't good enough, then I would sit here and tell you, listen – this is just who it is. Like, you put me out there, I'm probably going to turn the ball over a lot because I stink and I'm not capable of doing anything more. When you put out uh, Jaden Delora though, who's got a cannon for an arm, who's been successful at the college level, he should be able to. Uh, he should be able to make some plays out there and not turn the ball over to the extent that uh the extent that he that he has because let's be honest here against mississippi state arizona would have uh, arizona would have won that game without those some of those really bad turnovers all right now let's get to some of these questions some of these points right here um we got to, we're going to hop all over the board. T Burns 826. Obviously, Arizona MSU is better TV than Bama UT. Well, it goes without saying. Let's be honest here. I mean, when you back the A, that's going to be your mentality. Uh, Angel C right here. Does the commit from A- Emmanuel Stephen make us uh, the uh, number one class next year? Yes. If Arizona were to get Emmanuel Stephen, it would make them the number one class in the country, I believe, with Carter Bryant, Jamari Phillips, Emmanuel Stephen, all on the same AAU team, by the way, right there. Um, all right. Now back to football. And no false starts or offsides. Yes, yes, yes. That, 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 and more of that. No false starts, no offsides. Arizona is much better now, but it's not good enough to not beat itself. So when you go into a game, you got to say, all right, we can't be doing the dumb stuff out there. And I think the Jetfish gets that. Also, we need to talk about the offensive line and the running game here in a second, because I believe in games like this. This is These are really kind of proving point games right here. But first, Shady Rays. All right, now, you might see our esteemed producer, Damon, Damon is a much cooler person than I am. This goes without saying. A big reason why, though, is that Damon, when he rocks his Shady Rays, looks much cooler than I do. It helps me a little bit, but... It doesn't help me enough. That's why Damon is the man. Jacob is the man. All of our esteemed producers, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for fifty percent off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over two hundred fifty thousand people. Um, okay, now let's get to a couple. Uh, let's get to a couple of these questions here. Steve Hernandez. Can Fafita be better than JDL? Can we beat SC and Utah with Fafita? I don't know. Um, But I do believe, I have a feeling that when JDL does hit the field, don't know when that's going to be, that he's not coming out. And Sheer and I talked about that earlier in the week, that there's just something about him. I get that he's 5'8". We've never seen really as somebody at the Power 5 level be able to wing the ball around 30 times a game. But when you watch him, he commands the respect of his players. He commands the respect of his team. And he's got all the physical attributes. I know that's weird to say about somebody who's 5'8". But he can move around the pocket. He's probably got the biggest arm out of all the quarterbacks there. And he just kind of gets football. And that's where I think it's exciting um, about that possibility. All right, now, a couple other questions right here. When was the last time Arizona had a number one recruiting class? Now, I'm going off the top of my head right here. Um, There's a couple of possibilities right here. Off the top of my head, I think the first one possibility would have been when you had Mike Bibby, Steven Jackson, Eugene Edgerson, because you had Bibby, who was the second best player in the country behind Kobe Bryant. Um, Stephen Jackson was a McDonald's kid. Eugene was a top 40 guy that might've been in the discussion. Uh, then after that, you had the Shakur Andy EB things because you had two top five players right there. That might've been in the spot. Um, also, um, I think the one where you had Caleb Lo- or excuse me, Caleb, Love, Caleb Tarziewski, Grant Jarrett, uh, and, uh, Brandon Ashley, Gabe York, that might've been in the discussion as well. All right. Tony Jones. We, Tony Jones, I agree with you on this, Tony. Um, I Listen, I think Jed's done a great job here uh, overhauling the talent. You look at the roster, but the only guy on this team that I believe probably shouldn't come out of the game at any point at the receiver spot is T-Mac. T-Mac's a different animal entirely, but I believe that Kevin Green should get in the game. I also believe that A.J. Jones should get in the game. I'd like to see five wide receivers getting out there because they're good enough. Now, if these players weren't good enough, I'd say, nah, you know, whatever. You got to ride with those three. But I've seen Kevin Green multiple times in live action where he's just really good. A.J. Jones is, I mean, he's a physical freak. We saw it in the spring game last year where he got the 86-yard touchdown and outran everybody. I would love to see both those dudes in the game. I believe their time is coming. I would just like to see them be able to get in the game right now and a little bit more Kean Burnett as well at the tight end spot. Again, I'm nitpicking because Jed Fish has obviously done a really good job. But, Tony, don't worry. I'm back in the A.J. now right there and Kevin green. I'd like to see them both hit the field a little bit now against UTEP. I think Arizona is going to smash UTEP. Now you might say that Mike doesn't know what he's talking about. And generally you're right, but I do believe that Arizona is going to smoke UTEP. A big reason why is that you're coming off that frustrating game. I don't believe that UTEP is that good. And honestly, I think the offensive line just needs to be able to exert itself. You don't need to get fancy here. You don't need to be able to do anything that you can't do. But you should be able to get out there and make, uh, I think, just run the ball. When you got two first-round picks, a tackle. When you uh, you got Raymond Polito coming back in as well. Then you've also got Wendell Moe, Josh Baker. Give Michael Wiley the ball. Give Rayshon Speedy Luke the ball. All of those do – or give Fam the ball as well. Another guy, uh, Tony, that we need to see a little bit more of. But this is the game also to get those players some action. Get A.J. Jo- get AJ Jones in the game. Get Kevin Green in there. Um that's what I would definitely like to see. Uh, let's see here. Cosmic Contrarian. Williams isn't coming to Arizona to sit behind Fafita or Dorman. I get it, but nobody's going anywhere to sit behind somebody. Dorman wasn't coming here to sit behind Fafita. All I'm saying is this, and this is called a tease. we we'll to get, get to that in a second. But first, OGs, the teas to OGs, get it? Check out our friends at OGs Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check out them across all socials at OGs Brands and online at ogsbrands.com to find them at a local dispensary near you. You must be 21 years or up to enjoy responsibly. OK, now Williams isn't coming to Arizona to sit behind Fafita or Dorman. But again, nobody's coming anywhere to sit behind anybody. Brayton Dorman was a five or a four star quarterback. Um, I don't believe that he thought that he was going to sit behind Fafita either. But all I'm saying is this. The reason that I believe that Fafita is going to get that first uh, crack is that he right now he's the second best quarterback on the team. And not only is he the second-best quarterback on the team, he's got a lot of credibility here. And that credibility, I think you need to you need to pay it, uh, attention to. Because, again, when you got T-Mac, uh, T-Mac's here because Noah Fafita is here. Kean Burnett is here because Jed Fish and Noah Fafita are here. Jacob Manu, a little bit of a different story. But the dude has ultimate credibility. I've talked with some of the wide receiver's parents, um, and they all say that there's just something about him that – you don't really know but when he hits the field it's just a little bit different it shouldn't make sense the way it makes sense but it just does and that's why i do believe that he is going to be that first guy to uh he's going to be that first guy and i believe he'll be the opening game starter next year you can go from there you also got to remember too that demond williams is going to be a freshman uh you know he's a great player um can do a lot of different things obviously but he's still a freshman that's something that you got to figure out and you got to take into account and he's going to be on the little bit of the light side. Cause he's about 5'10, 170. I would like to see a red shirt year for DeMond Williams. Um, and again, I've seen DeMond Williams up close. I saw him against Sal point. Uh, he is, he's a fantastic football player. And just like uh, Eric Zimmerman, the great Eric Zimmerman says log jam at the QB position is a nice problem to have. It is an excellent problem to have. We like log jams with good players, not with bad players. We don't need four Mike Luke's out there competing at quarterback. We need four good players. That's what Arizona has right now. Also, Will, 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 does it make me a bad person if I prefer QT over Circle K? No, but you need to go to Circle K. Circle K has got better gas prices right there. I have been around all of Tucson. I can assure you that Circle K, especially the one on uh, like 36th and Campbell, best gas prices in Tucson right there. Check it out. Um, Also, uh jose roman jose l roman jr Fafita burnett T Mac, chemistry would be insane i agree with that i would love to see it and again sometimes things uh are just or sometimes barriers are meant to be broken nobody thought that we would see five ten quarterbacks in the nfl guess what we see five ten quarterbacks just means that we're gonna have to go down maybe a little bit uh maybe even a little bit more right there but also Now, Saturday Neon. Speaking of cool stuff, look at that A behind my uh, shoulder right here. That's Saturday Neon. That's Saturday Neon for you. And again, support these people. Support local. They're doing all kinds of good stuff. Go to SaturdayNeon.com and use uh, code PHNX for 10% off your order today. Free shipping for orders over 200 bucks. You can get that same A back there. And when it lights up, it is majestic right there. All right. Now, Oh, Eric Zimmerman or uh, T. Burns this is very funny. And he says the QB log jam of the great days of uh, Nick Costa, Richard Kovalchek, and Chris Hevner. When Chris Hevner was clearly the best quarterback option out of all of those. That's a bad thing. By the way, you also forgot Ryan O'Hara in there, my friend, the six foot six Ryan O'Hara. Then uh, John Rattay came in after that. Okay. Now, Eric Zimmerman, this is what we like to see. I'll be back in the A this weekend coming down from Gilbert. We appreciate you. You deserve a homecoming welcome right there. Eric, Eric, that's awesome. All right, Cosmic Contrarian. All right, what do we got here? You know Jed wants to be at Arizona because he interviewed for the job twice a few years earlier. Yes, I think that Jed wants to be at Arizona. And honestly, he's been able to get the players that he's wanted. I mean, just look at Arizona right now and what they've been able to do and – it's pretty impressive stuff. He's overhauled this roster uh, totally. When we're talking about how uh, players like Kevin Green and AJ Jones aren't on the field, that's th- these guys, you know, under Kevin Sumlin, these would be your number one, number two wide receivers right there. Now, again, I believe they should get on the field, but that just goes to show you, though, uh, what he's been able to do in a short time. And again, Jed Fish gets it at the end of the day, just like Damon gets it. I, uh, uh, and, it's just a good thing right there. I will be back in the A this week, uh, weekend. Cosmic contrarian. We like this. Section 26. Very, very good stuff right there. I will be looking down on everybody from the press box. <laughs> but honestly, bother and bothering Sheer the entire time. But uh, honestly, on a serious note, though, you guys are all fantastic. Really appreciate all of you. Jose Roman, would Jed be able to mold any other program to his own liking, like he's done at Arizona? Why leave? He calls every shot. Agrees. I'll totally agree. Ryan O'Hara, um, uh, Ryan O'Hara, uh, T-Burns 826. Ryan O'Hara um, was in a class of his own since he was a multi-sport uh, star on the court. Fair enough. Um, let's see here. Uh, does Jaden Rashad? I am. I am. I am probably going to go down to Bear Down Friday right there and mingle with the mingle with the peeps. Um, by the way, eating a Del Taco burger. I'll probably bring one up for Brian Jeffries again. Uh, Jet Keck. You're wrong about this one. Jed might go five wins this season. Six would be a miracle. Um, No, I disagree with you, Keck. Arizona is winning six, and when they get to the bowl game, they are going seven. That is called backing the A to the fullest. All right, now, uh, let's see here. Angel C, does Jaden Rashada start at Arizona over JDL? Uh, No, I do not believe so. Um, Right now, JDL is a better quarterback than uh, Jaden Rashada. I also don't know that uh, Jaden Rashada will even be starting at ASU against Arizona. But on that note, appreciate all of you as always. Will, I will back the A. Appreciate you guys. All right. We're going to be back with you tomorrow. Post-game show late, obviously, but with all these people back in the A, we will be here bringing you all of the energy. All right. For the great Damon behind the scenes, I am Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. We'll be back on the, the post-game show tomorrow. Big thanks for the great Aaron Torres, and we will talk with you soon.